0: Hello there everybody and welcome back to star wars lads today we're beginning our first of a new ranking series here we're normally going to do top tens but for this first episode we thought we might as well make it special we're going to be ranking every single theatrically released star wars film before we do so make sure you're hitting that like button really helps us out with the algorithm help us get to 50 likes on this video that would be awesome subscribe to the channel for more star wars content like this we're going to do one of these rankings every single month in conjunction with our tier lists if you haven't checked out our tier list, we've been doing that for about two years now. So before we dive into the video here, we will be ranking these according to our favorite Star Wars film. We both created our own individual lists and based on where we placed them individually, we've given them a score out of 12 to one because there are 12 theatrically released Star Wars films. And then we combine combined that score to put them at points on the ranking. So we will reveal our lists after we reveal the joint list. <laughs> We'll kick things off with our number 12, which is going to be Star Wars The Clone Wars, the 2008 film. There are plenty of redeeming elements for Star Wars The Clone Wars. Namely, for those of us who love the show, this was the first appearance of Ahsoka Tano and Captain Rex. The Clone Wars film has a legacy, that it has contributed immensely to the Star Wars mythology. Into to a lot of the things we love most as Star Wars fans.
1: I also thought the central crux of this film, dealing with the free trade routes and supply lines, was something really interesting to see.
0: One of the most underrated parts of Star Wars The Clone Wars are the action scenes. There are some incredible action scenes in this film. Amongst the best action scenes are the Battle of Christophsis, that opening scene, you get some great shots of boots on the ground, perspectives from clones. There's also the Battle of Teth, which is definitely a top-tier Star Wars The Clone Wars battle. The scaling of the cliff with the ATTEs, the Anakin and Ahsoka dynamic that's established there. There are also plenty of negatives with Star Wars The Clone Wars. Star Wars The Clone Wars did feature the first use of the 3D animation style that would be used and progressed significantly better throughout the entire series. However, here it does come across very blocky. There are some shots that look extremely dated, even for 2008 3D animation.
1: I also had some weird issues with the plot structure and sort of the ending there, bringing in Zero the hut as this like, oh, last surprise sort of thing, you know, upending the story that we've been following. And the ending is just pretty bland.
0: Although we probably enjoy the Clone Wars movie more so than most people, it does still come in 12th place for both of us on our individual lists as well as this joint list.
1: Coming in at number 11 on our list is Solo, a Star Wars story. I'm a big fan of Lando, Kira, Han, and Chewbacca. And I was definitely a fan of Han and Chewbacca's evolution throughout this film with their dynamic, resulting in their cooperation and their co-piloting of Lando's Millennium Falcon. And speaking on that Lando Millennium Falcon, I love the changes that they made to it. It really reflects who his character is, especially at this time period.
0: Solo A Star Wars Story also features some of the most creative and inventive character design in a long time for Star Wars. There's some great costuming, and in the spirit of Star Wars, there are a lot of really great background characters names that I really appreciated, such as the Frank Sinatra-esque singer Luleo Premick, as well as the Sabak playing Therm Scissor Punch. And also, how can we forget that finale with the reveal of Darth Maul being behind Crimson
1: Dawn? That being said, I, I do have some issues with this film. To me, one of my biggest issues with this film is that Han Solo becomes who he is very quickly in almost successive steps. We get his name, we get his gun, we get Chewbacca, we get the ship.
0: How Han gets his name in this film has always been a little bit ridiculous. I don't think Han needs to come from some extremely important backstory or family. I'm okay with him being a nobody, but the naming convention, the him just being by himself and being Solo getting that name, it was a little ridiculous for a name so iconic.
1: And that's why we put Solo at 11th place on our combined list. We also have Solo on 11th for both of our individual lists as well.
0: Coming in in 10th place for us is going to be Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. One of the best parts of this film is the Obi-Wan Kenobi plotline. Obi-Wan's plot discovering Kamino and tracking down Jango Fett is arguably one of the most important in the history of the galaxy. It leads to some great fight sequences with Jango Fett, a wonderful performance by Tamara Morrison as the character, the introductions to the clones and the Kaminoans, the design of Kamino, all of it is such a great piece of this film.
1: I'm also a big fan of the infantry designs. We get the clones introduced here, obviously, and they have a lot of this 40s aesthetic retro futurism that I really appreciated, and the B2 battle droids with a great entrance knocking out another B1. It just looks so cool and menacing. You also
0: have the incredible Battle of Geonosis. The arena battle is something that is very near and dear to my heart. The action with all of the Jedi taking on the droids, getting to see so many of the Jedi who are background characters in The Phantom Menace finally get to have moments where you see their skills, understand their power and the force and power as duelists. Then on top of that, you have the actual battle itself, which is a very underrated part of the film. The way George Lucas and David Tattersall decided to shoot that sequence was Amazing. The scene in which the ship crashes and the dust is flying over, there's a sandstorm and you see the blue and red laser bolts firing back and forth at each other.
1: But I think one of my most favorite parts of this film is Shmi's death and what leads to Anakin's massacre of the Tusken Raiders. Then he commits something so atrocious and then he has to reveal it to someone that he's falling so deeply in love with, but it is monstrous and you can see such pain that he has such anger and gold comes out.
0: One of the common cons of this film is the romance between Anakin and Padme. At times it feels rushed, especially for the way George Lucas decided to write out the dialogue choices. The dialogue is stilted, clunky, and frankly not very romantic. And amongst all the prequels, Attack of the Clones definitely has the most dated CGI environments and backgrounds. When we look at our individual rankings here, I have Attack of the Clones in 9th out of 12. Sonic has Attack of the Clones in (laughs) 10th.
1: The Rise of Skywalker, episode 9, Daisy Ridley's performance here, Absolute knockout. You really feel the weight of some of the revelations that she's dealing with. It definitely helps that Ian was back as Palpatine. A lot more manipulation than I expected. Very different from the way he handled Anakin.
0: One thing to admire about The Rise of Skywalker is its insistence on trying to push forward the lore. The creation of something like the planet Exegol or the Sith Eternal add a new dimension to an ancient order that Palpatine has taken and morphed into something all his Oh. And speaking of Palpatine, Ian McDermott's performance is still maniacally awesome. Every line he delivers is filled with that juicy evilness exactly the way he does it
1: in Revenge of the Sith. Palpatine with base boosted lightning, <laughs> just one of my favorite moments. I do definitely have some cons here, you know, some issues that I have with this. The whole spy element from General Hux, it's just such a fall from grace. But the thing that bothers me the most the stuff that happens in the introduction on mustafar and he was supposed to meet this very strange symbiotic creature the eye of the webish bog having this in the film would have been such a weird, unique, very force-imbued thing, and that's something definitely that the sequels was missing. The
0: film skips over moments that seem very important so rapidly that it loses a lot of its value in those early 20 to 30 minutes. That's supplemented with a piece of dialogue that everyone has memed, Somehow Palpatine Returned, which is admittedly ridiculous especially when the somehow is kind of barely explained in Fortnite. Also, Palpatine's death by his own force lightning reflecting off of Rey's lightsabers. I know there's some symbolic meaning there between all of the Jedi teaming up and all of the Sith and Palpatine being beaten by the light, but it's still ridiculous. How many times are you going to electrocute yourself,
1: but individually Liam put this as 10th place, but I did put it at 8th place myself. <laughs>
0: Coming in at number 8 for us is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. There are so many things to love in The Phantom Menace, but right off the bat, one of the first people you see in this film is Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. Liam Neeson's performance as Qui-Gon Jinn has stood the test of time. This is a character that is not only incredibly influential in Star Wars, but absolutely hammered home in the very first film what the Jedi were supposed to be like, as opposed to what they were.
1: The highlight for me is definitely the Padres. It's just fantastic, especially as an American graffiti fan. The sound design, the production design, everything about it was awesome to me.
0: John Williams' score is also incredibly masterful here. Duel of the Fates is in that top three or four of the most iconic tracks in Star Wars history. It's an incredibly moving piece and leads to one of the best lightsaber duels of all time. One that showcases both Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, Jedi at the peak of their dueling prowess, also showing off the incredibly intimidating and agile Darth Maul.
1: And as awesome as the Jedi elements of this film are, with Duel of the Fates obviously, I struggle to say that I really enjoyed the Jedi. Whatever we do get outside of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon is so minimal and so just bland.
0: Looking at our individual rankings, again The Phantom Menace does rank for Sonic at his number 9, and for me it ranks as my number 8. <laughs>
1: Coming in at number 7 is the first Star Wars spin-off film, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. And there's a lot to love about this very rugged war film. For me, Definitely a lot of my favorite elements come with the Rebels and the variety of the Rebels, a little bit more darker extremist Rebels with the Partisans.
0: K2SO is by far one of the best new droids we've seen in Star Wars under Disney. He's a fierce action packed, but also incredibly funny and heartwarming droid. His death is amongst the saddest of the Rogue One crew and Cassian Andor has always been a very interesting look at the darker side of the rebellion.
1: I also definitely appreciated that the supposed idealistic good guys still had their own kind of darker underbelly, and that definitely came with Draven and, you know, rebel intelligence and all that. What they were willing to do, and inadvertent reasons why we we don't get to see Jin and Galen Orser reunited and rescued.
0: Rogue One has one of the greatest third acts in all of Star Wars. Every single thing that happens on or above Scarif is perfect. Incredible visceral war sequences on the beach. And then on top of that, all of our main characters die. This film committed, it went for it, and it killed everyone off in an incredibly emotional and touching End.
1: I was definitely a big, big fan of seeing every starship squadron entering Scarra for the Rebels. When we see blue squadron leader, then we suddenly also see red squadron leader, gold squadron leader. I love it for continuity reasons, but I also just love seeing them back.
0: Darth Vader is perfect in this film. Everything from Vader's castle on Mustafar, and then of course what is arguably amongst the greatest Darth Vader sequences of all time, the hallway sequence where he mows down <laughs> those
1: Rebel soldiers. Let's move on to some of the cons of this film. As Cool as the partisans are, their leader Sagarer is kind of misused in this film. Now we just kinda of see Sagarer as a little bit of like a loony bin as opposed to the more complicated, dangerous, unstable figure that we expect. Rogue One was
0: the first of the a Star Wars story films, and because of that, they decided to go with something different and do no crawl. And that jump starts us into an incredibly poorly paced first
1: act. Again, for our combined list, we put Rogue One as seventh place, but on our individual list, William and I put it at sixth place. <laughs> sixth place is The Last Jedi. I definitely loved a lot of Mark Hamill's performance here. This is the strongest he's ever delivered anything for Star Wars. This is a career best for him, in my opinion. What he does with Kylo there at the end, with Leia, that little tiny one, there's just such, such strong acting moments delivered there by Mark Hamill. Even if you don't love the character of Luke, I think a lot of people definitely agree. We love the lesson that Yoda imparted on him, that the students grow beyond them, right? They learn from our mistakes. They become better than us. I just really, really love Frank Oz coming back for Yoda here. in such a beautiful way.
0: The Last Jedi is also a very auteurist film. It features very deliberate choices, and overall it's satisfying in the way that Ryan Johnson was able to fully realize his vision. The Force Dyad was also created here, although it wasn't named in The Last Jedi. The relationship between Rey and Kylo Ren really forming, and it's one of the few pieces of lore that continues to carry across the trilogy into The Rise of Skywalker and actually get expanded upon. The Finn and Rose plotline of Star Wars The Last Jedi is definitely one of the weakest. It's a plot point that feels very circular. It's one that has lots of meaning for these characters, but yet doesn't really contribute to the overall narrative of the film. It feels like a plot point for Finn for the sake of having a plot point for Finn. And in a lot of ways, it repeats many of the same beats he goes through in The Force Awakens.
1: But I think I have an even more serious issue with how Hux is characterized here. He becomes just this sort of Muppet, just repeating what Kylo says at the end, becoming this joke. You know, we put this combined on our list, as 6th place. For Liam, he put it as a 7th favorite Star Wars film. For myself, I put it as my 4th favorite Star Wars film.
0: Coming in as our number five is Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. And it presented great arcs for a lot of our characters, but Luke is the one that really shines in this film. Luke is strong, confident, he's truly a Jedi in this film, and you see him come of age fully throughout the trilogy, the culmination of his journey. Let's also just talk about that throne room scene. The throne room scene, every single thing that takes place in the throne room, those are some of the best sequences in all of Star Wars. Ian Mc perfect performance as Palpatine continuing to taunt Luke, the initial start of the lightsaber duel between Luke and Vader, Luke absolutely losing it and going after Vader after Vader threatens to turn Leia to the dark side, and then one of the most heroic moments in film history, when Luke drops his lightsaber, surrenders to Palpatine, and refuses to fight for his pleasure, is the perfect encapsulation of the Jedi that leads to an incredible redemption for Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, I think I made it clear on the channel that Return of the Jedi is not necessarily one of my favorite Star Wars films. I love the costuming and the creature design, just seeing all the people in Jabba's palace. It felt so lived-in and grimy, but my favorite creature design definitely would have to be the Rancor. Stop motion in that still holds up really, really well, and I think one of my favorite twists of this whole film is the Death Star 2 trap. Palpatine, revealing, no, no, it's fully operational, and then shooting down like, and killing so many rebels instantly. It definitely changes the stakes. It makes that battle so like desperate and it makes this empire a lot more competent and vicious under Palpatine
0: but to make destroying the Death Star one of the major plot points of the finale of this film when it was the main plot point for the finale of the original film it does feel a bit lazy looking at our individual rankings for those of you who have followed us for a long time you know that Sonic isn't as big of a fan of this film as me he has it ranked at his number seven I'm a massive fan of this film that's boosted it all the way up up to my number four all time. Coming in in our fourth spot is going to be Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens was a celebration of Star Wars. Right off the bat, we're treated to an excellent opening battle sequence that shows the fierceness of Kylo Ren as he kills Loris Anteca, introduces us to Finn, finally giving us a little bit of heart behind the mask of the Stormtrooper.
1: A huge, huge thing for me is that the character dynamics of this film really work. They're snappy, they're powerful, they're poignant, they're effective, they're so sad at points, right? A great example of the sadness is Han and Kylo on the bridge, just seeing Kylo's lightness kind of crack through there. The shadow falls over and the darkness wins out and he kills his father, and that final touch, oh, just brilliant work there. Harrison
0: Ford's performance as Han solo in The Force Awakens is genuinely worth the price of admission. He delivers a performance in which it seems like he actually cares. It's one that's very comedic and lighthearted, but also shows a lot of sadness and despair in what's happening. Happened to him and his family over the last 30
1: years. Poe and Finn, dynamic that's fostered, the name given, the reunion, wish it was as well used in the rest of the trilogy and it's, it's just not. And I also love Daisy Ridley, what she brought with Rey. There's a physicality to her character. You know, it belies the emotional insecurity that she carries throughout this film and throughout much of the sequel trilogy. I'm also not a fan of Starkiller Base. It doesn't feel like it was the most unique weapon to go with. big thing for me is that the New Republic, where it stands, it's failings for why the First Order was able to kind of march in unchallenged because of what the New Republic was or wasn't doing. I don't understand why we had to make this just Rebels versus Empire again.
0: R2 shutting down until the right moment just to reveal the piece of the map that's needed to complete the map to loot is really convenient. Going back to our individual rankings, both Sonic and I have The Force Awakens at our fifth spot. However, our disagreements over the placement of Return of the Jedi and The Last Jedi allowed The Force Awakens to creep up into number four on our joint list.
1: Coming in at number three on our list is the film that started this whole thing off, Star Wars. Now more commonly known as A New Hope, an incredible film for so many reasons, and it still stands the test of time even today.
0: Star Wars Episode IV A New Hope started everything. The opening text crawl, the lightsabers, the force, the spaceship designs, references to the past like the Clone Wars, the iconic score and opening main title theme, the force theme. Every single piece of Star Wars media after this owes a full debt of gratitude to A New Hope. If it wasn't for A New Hope, we'd have nothing. The characters in Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope, are very much so a reason why this film has stood the test of time. The far boy hero character of Luke Skywalker, the one that grows into the world with the audience. But of course, you have the fierce Princess Leia, with so much spunk and great one-liners like Aren't You a Little Short for a Stormtrooper? You have the scoundrel Han Solo, the character who's fully used to this world that lives in it. It doesn't phase him whatsoever. And then with him as a co-pilot is the lovable Chewbacca, giving us a chance to fully attach ourselves to an alien. You have the wise old mentor character in Obi-Wan Kenobi, who teaches us about the world, gets us interested in what the galaxy has to offer in Star Wars. Then, of course, the brilliant comedic timing of C-3PO and R2-D2. And then finally, you have the villains in this film. Darth Vader is not just one of the best villains in all of movie history. He's one of the most iconic designs in the history of pop culture. And on top of that, you have the fearsome Grand Moff Tarkin, in a way our substitute for the Emperor, but a character that shows the ruthless evil that's at the heart of the people in charge
1: of the Empire. I mean, continuing on with the Death Star, I love the Death Star escape. It is really that part of the film where the pace really starts to kick in. Our heroes are united for the first time. They have some iconic lines. The Battle of Yavin is still, to this day, my favorite space battle. The weight of what we're feeling in the Death Star, the pacing of it is so well done. Like There is the dog fighting, there is the attrition of the rebels in this last stand. Like, this is it. And on our individual list, we both also put it as third place. It's a film that's in top three for a reason even today.
0: Coming in at number two is Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Since its release in 2005, Revenge of the Sith has become one of the landmark pieces of pop culture for our generation of Star Wars fans. It almost single-handedly made it acceptable to be loving of the prequel trilogy, but on top of all of that, it is just a great film. It's the culmination of Anakin Skywalker's story as he spirals in to the infamous Darth Vader. Ewan McGregor's performance as Obi-Wan Kenobi is also excellent. He hits some of the highest dramatic highs in the film, but he also brings a physicality to Obi Wan Kenobi, which is absolutely astounding. Hayden Christensen also gives it his all in this film. His performance is tragic and haunting, but his physicality, just like Ewan McGregor's, is top notch. Obi Wan versus Anakin on Mustafar what an iconic location! What an incredible display of two performers mastering their stunt choreography. Ewan and Hayden absolutely deliver in the fight, and it's one of of the best moments in the film
1: anakin isn't just falling to the dark side because oh no padme's gonna die he's manipulated by the good guys and the bad guys he's being bounced back and forth and he does the right thing ultimately right he goes to mace windu but because of how much the jedi have manipulated him and especially after seeing the clone wars that final decision yes it's a wrong of anakin to do it but it, it makes so much sense and this film does a great job on its own too
0: ian mcdermott is at his most devilishly evil here palpatine is maniacal Ruthless and skilled, you can absolutely see why this man took over an entire galaxy.
1: I also really love the Darth Vader construction and how it's paralleled with Padme delivering Luke and Leia, and the sadness of losing Padme, the despair of seeing the now fully constructed Vader. Going
0: back to our rankings here, I have Revenge of the Sith as my favorite Star Wars film of all time. Sonic places it as his second favorite ever.
1: And coming in at First place on our combined list here, you guys guessed it, The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, in so many ways, this is just the perfect film.
0: The Empire Strikes Back is great on almost every single technical level. It's got incredible new locations like Hoth, Dagobah, and Bespin. The production design for all of these incredible locations is top notch.
1: And I'm a fan of like all the characters introduced here, like some of the big hitters. Yoda, such a strange Creature, but to be the grandmaster of the Jedi Order at one point, someone to show that size matters, not do or do not some iconic lines, and an incredible performance by Frank Oz here, Lando here, the suaveness, ultimately living up to the goodness in him and Palpatine, seeing the master Vader instead of just having him be this villainous figure who's suddenly even more powerful now, and finding out, oh, he's got someone he's got to answer to. Very cool.
0: Han Solo and Princess Leia in this film are also perfect. The way their relationship grows, their banter, their romance. When Han is frozen in carbonite and Leia says, I love you, he responds, I know. Such a satisfying love story. Easily the most satisfying and best in all of Star Wars. And then to add to that, you have the constant irritation of C-3PO applied to Han. Harrison Ford and Anthony Daniels work so well together in this film. This is all culminated in the asteroid field sequence, a suspenseful action packed sequence with some incredible special effects.
1: And I definitely love the Force cave scene, you know, seeing Luke facing Vader. It has such mythological story elements. It has such consequence to how Luke views what he's doing and what he's ignoring at that moment. Big thing for me that I loved, even as a kid, was the Bespin duel. Yeah, the prequel fights might be better choreographed, but there's something so beautifully executed about this. There's a pacing to it, there's a weight to it, there's the toying of Vader until he finally gets irate and then how it evolves into that great twist of i am your father
0: the score for the empire strikes back is arguably the best score in all of star wars while also adding the most iconic piece of music in movie history the imperial march
1: it's number one on our combined list number two for liam and number one for myself
0: thank you all so much for watching this video make sure you hit that like button help us get this video to 50 likes subscribe to the channel for more star wars content just like this comment below let us know know your rankings of the 12 theatrical Star Wars films, and of course you're going to disagree with our rankings, let us know why instead of just complaining about it in the comments. Keep an eye out for both of our live streams every single week, and keep voting in those polls in the community section. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you all next time.